if you create a, a webinar with the absolute 100% selfless intent of creating value for your audience and helping them do their job better, you're going to create repeat attendees and an affinity for your company. And ultimately, you're building no like trust through a platform that really gives your subject matter experts a way to showcase their capabilities and their know-how. Welcome to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast, where we explore the strategies and experiences that are driving mid-sized manufacturers forward. Here, you'll discover new insights from passionate manufacturing leaders who have compelling stories to share about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from B2B sales and marketing experts about how to apply actionable business development strategies inside your business. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. I'm Joe Sullivan, your host and a co-founder of the industrial marketing agency, Gorilla76. So remember the good old days when we used to go into our customers' buildings and sit next to them and have face-to-face conversations? Maybe we'd even congregate at trade shows and industry events. Yeah, well, nothing's better than being in the room with a customer or a prospect, but that doesn't mean it's all lost either. And frankly, everything that's happened since early 2020 has created an opportunity to humanize ourselves in front of more people, or in other words, to do it at scale. Today, my guest is a colleague of mine at Gorilla76. And being the marketing nerds that we both are, we're both a little bit giddy to talk about one of our favorite marketing mediums, and that's the webinar. We've all been a part of them, Some of you, I'm sure, have been a part of running them too, but 95% of webinars completely miss the boat. So today, we're going to talk about how to do webinars in a way that will build thought leadership for your business, start conversations with prospects, humanize you and your brand, and become a central part of your business development infrastructure. So on that note, let me take a moment to introduce our marketing director at Gorilla76, Matt Chanella. Matt has been a marketing professional for almost nine years. He started his career doing technical and proposal writing for A&E companies before transitioning to design, build, construction. There, he was introduced to marketing, where he started with content marketing and website development. In 2016, Matt moved to welding equipment maker Abacor Binzel, where he was marketing manager before moving up to marketing director for the United States and Canada. At Binzel, Matt evolved the marketing department from a print ad trade show approach to an inbound content and demand generation model, expanding his program to other areas, including Mexico, Brazil, Germany, and the United Kingdom, and helping to get regional programs off the ground. Matt moved to to the financial tech startup company, Gravy, to be their content director before returning to the industrial space as senior strategist for Gorilla76. Recently, Matt was elevated to the role of strategy director and helps lead the overall strategic direction for both Gorilla and our clients. Well, Matt, you are uh, officially the first return guest I've had on the show. I think this is going to wind up being episode 38 and the first person to who got an invite back. So you can either chalk that up as you did a really good job last time or that I didn't have anybody for next week's show and I had to get somebody in there real quick. You decided. Yeah, I think I'm chalking up to the ladder that I think you're running out of last <laughs> year. But uh, I'm honored to be back because podcasting is one of my one of my elements. And then we're going to talk about webinars, which is another one of my elements. And so yeah, I'm just feeling excited to, to talk talk this out because I'm a 
just a massive fan of the webinar when it's executed well. And I think companies get a lot of value out of it when they when they do it correctly. But we'll 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 get into that. But yes, I do chalk it up to you just running out of <laughs> second person. Well, I will say your your episode to date is the most downloaded. So if you haven't listened to the one I did with Matt a few months ago, go take a listen and feed his ego a little bit because it was it was a good one. We talked about content distribution, which is another passion of yours and area of expertise. So so anyway, welcome back. <laughs> yeah, I like to start off first by thanking my parents for the for that moment. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I know that's awesome. Just want to all the people who did download that. Thank you. I don't know what I did to deserve that, but appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you all. Awesome. Well, all right. So webinars, let's get into it. So th- this is certainly not a new medium. It's in fact a medium that's been around for a really long time, but I think there's been a resurgence for sure. I think some of it's, you know, it has to do with you know, people, what's happened in 2020 and people have been forced to communicate more online and through video and everybody just getting comfortable with that, that way of, uh, of sort of communicating, I guess. But I guess what I see happening is in the manufacturing space I and mean, probably beyond the manufacturing space too, that's just sort of where, where you and I largely live. But, you know, webinars are, are, they're not being used the way they should in a, in a lot of cases. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of talking at an audience. It's a lot of trying to sell products and, and, you know, a lot of me, me, me. And I just, I, every time I see this happening, I'm like, oh man, you're, you're missing such an opportunity right now. So I'm just kind of curious from your perspective, Matt, like tell me where you're seeing in particular manufacturers using the platform the wrong way. Yeah. So I think I'll, it's really easy to fall into the trap of doing a sales webinar about your product. And they certainly have their place. I'm not saying to not do a sales webinar, but the best webinars that you, the best webinar strategy you can have is going to mix a lot of different sort of elements to it. And, but you should be doing a lot more webinars to me, neutralizing your product whenever you can. And so there's, there's little, very subtle ways you can do that where you can remove your product from the equation, but still talk about exactly what you do. And I feel like it's a really important distinction for people to, for people to know, because it's, it's the, it's the difference between showing value to your audience versus having commission breath. <laughs> you know, there's, th- those are two different things. You know, if you create a, a webinar with the absolute 100% selfless intent of creating value for your audience and helping them do their job better, you're going to create repeat attendees and an affinity for your company. And ultimately, you're building no like trust through a platform that really gives your subject matter experts a way to showcase their capabilities and their know-how, which I think is what makes the webinar the most one of the most unique platforms out there. I know audio marketing is so big right now. Podcasting is another version of that for sure. But I think what makes the webinar special is the interactive element to it, which I know we're going to get to. But where companies by and large get it wrong for me is they're too product focused on their product. They try to talk too much about themselves and what they're capable of. And ultimately, like you're only going to capture that small percentage of the market who's in the market for that product when you do that. And I don't think that t- that will work. I will say, I will definitely say though, if you sell a product and you have a very large distribution network or dealer network that you sell your product through, I think webinars and doing those kinds of sales webinars are great ideas because they're a great way to get in front of your distribution in a in a scalable way that would that would be difficult otherwise. You can bring your regional subject matter experts on and talk about it. And then you can really arm your dealer network to sell your product better. That I think is a great scenario to use to use a sales intent webinar. But if you're selling you know custom configured machinery, if you're end user focused, I think you get a lot more lead, you, you'll get a lot more burn 
doing a more value-based webinar. Yeah, I think it, you know everybody just sort of feels like they just default to going into selling mode and and thinking that you know the straight to the product pitch. And this is true across different content marketing platforms. You see people doing it in their written content. You see it doing it them doing it in outbound emails. But you know, I think the the same principle holds true here. If you can educate and take the expertise out of the brains of your SMEs and get that stuff in front of the right people, play the long game and you're going to win a lot bigger than than trying to just sell, 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 and and frankly, probably drive a lot of people away in the short term. Right. I mean, it's just, again, like I'll go back to it. 99% of your market's probably not in active buying mode for your product. So when you do a webinar that says, you know, buy the, how, how our product transforms your factory, you know, most people are going to be like, I don't really care. I'm not in the market for that. <laughs> like one person who's like, oh, you know what? I am looking for a six-axis robot, and I am reviewing. I am reviewing a bunch of different robot robot makers. Yeah, they'll attend it, or maybe most likely, most of your robot competitors will attend it. <laughs> but but yeah, I just uh, t- to me, I just I just never underestimate the fact that most of my market's probably not in the buying position right now. And so when I do webinars that are more geared towards value and education. That makes when I do sprinkle in that sales intent webinar makes it much more effective because I've already people already trust that I'm not even if people will already people already trust me because I've given them value and I, I've shown demonstrated an ability to give value and 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 want to educate the market and then when I do my sales webinar all of a sudden people are more willing to attend that and tolerate it. Okay, so now that we got that one out of the way, which is something you and I both feel very strongly about, you know, people are probably wondering, okay, well, what what do, what should I do a webinar about? And so, my next question for you is, how do you generate topic ideas for a webinar that you can feel confident are going to resonate with your audience and engage them and compel them to come back for the next one, two or three or four weeks later? Yeah, it's a good question. So, I usually start with, frankly doing all the upmarket research that I always talk about with people, like go talk to customers and go ask them questions. And also like get into the habit of, you know, fielding questions and fielding questions from your sales team that they get. Like if you're in marketing, like ask say, hey, what questions do people ask about this, 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 or this? And maybe they're not the things that you want to make topics out of, but they're probably the things that you want to make subtopics out of your webinar. You know what I mean? And so I'll go back to my days at Benzel as an example because I'm, I've, I've done I did this webinar program at Benzel that was really successful for us. So we did one on we did a fume extraction series where we basically walked through all of these different fume extraction scenarios. There's all fume extraction welding equipment. Specifically, it was source capture, but we sold like the product was called the extract, or it was before we had to recall it the extract because we got sued. Be that as it may. It was called, uh, it, we, we sold a fume extraction thing and it was the, the obvious thing was like, oh, well, let's do webinars on fume extraction because not a lot of people know about it. And it was a good idea, but we didn't want to do the, um, we didn't want to do it about, I didn't want to do it about the products. I knew people wouldn't show up. People were more, people were very interested in fume extraction. There was a lot of like, you know, there's a lack of education in the market about it. So I just neutralized the product and removed it from the scenario. I was like, well, we sell, the product group is fume extraction. Let's do a webinar series on the product group, fume extraction, because that has, you know, keyword density that has a bunch of other competitors in the space. We have our own point of view on it that we are very, feel very strongly about. And we can push that point of view on the webinar without pushing the product, which I think is a very important distinction again to make because we sold specifically source capture fume extraction and more specifically on like, like source capture, like, you know, on the, on the torch. So. 
what so for us we basically presented all the different fume extraction options out there and then we we talked a little bit about pros and cons for each including pros and cons of our own of our own solution and we were able to show our welding gun and our welding and our vacuum system without having to name it we just used it simply to illustrate the example of like this is what source capture fume extraction looks like and this is how the technology works and and this is and this is why it's different from like low from like low static pressure this is a high static pressure system where like you need more you need you need more vacuum pressure than the low static because you're trying to extract fumes in a smaller area footprint. And so you need enough suction to get it all the way through the hose and down into the vacuum system. Whereas with with lower flow systems, it's a higher kind of cubic meters. And so it's kind of pulling from a larger area. And so, you know, we were able to kind of walk through that whole gamut in the webinar and it was wildly successful. People ended up getting a lot of value out of it and a lot of feedback. But really where I started was I started at all the misconceptions about our product that existed. And then I just extrapolated it out into a neutral format and I go, okay, here's all the problems people have with the extract or the X-fume. All right, so how do I make that a, a topic about fume extraction, which is what we sell, fume extraction equipment. And that's ultimately how I generate topic ideas for webinars. Other things that I'll do is like, let's say you have a new industrial product and you're like a category creator. We had this scenario as well. We had a, we had a new partnership with a company in Europe. We were selling inline 3D laser inspection on a six axis robot. Not, like, nothing like that existed in the US. This is a company in Germany. They were doing some stuff in China, a little bit in Germany. Hadn't really done it yet in the US. It was really specifically for automotive OEM manufacturers. And so what we did is like, I, and the, the, the product was called SmartRay, but like no one knows what SmartRay is. And like we could say, you could say like how SmartRay will revolutionize quality, quality assurance in, in tier one automotive and automotive OEM. No one would have came to that. You know what I mean? But if I start talking about 3D inline weld inspection, like that as the topic without having to interject my product into it, all of a sudden people are like, what is 3D inline weld inspection? Like that's a new process that I've never heard of before. And so I was able to present the entire thing on that. And I got a whole bunch of tier one and automotive OEMs to attend it, as well as, you know, uh, integrators who would be interested in that and, and robot OEMs and got a lot of interest out of that because I just, I removed the product from the webinar and I was more focused on the process and how it would give value to their manufacturer and product line. And that ultimately is how I go about generating topic ideas. And I think that to me has been a wildly effective way to run webinar programs. And I would highly encourage people to just try to think outside the box and think what's important to my target market, probably not my product, but probably the process and how it helps them. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's really great stuff. You know, I'm sitting here, think you're listening to you talk about this and thinking, you know, think about how smart you sound too in front of this audience that you know is is probably an ideal audience for you. You could be sit there sitting there pitching them a product that they may not have any interest in right now, but if you if you're sitting there educating them and demonstrating your expertise, I mean, who do you want to work with? The, the company is trying to just sell stuff constantly, or the the company that is clearly a deep expert on a topic and is sitting there sharing their knowledge, like you are going to just develop a captive audience purely by teaching. You'd also be surprised if you, when you do the process oriented stuff, I mean, people aren't stupid. They're like, Oh wow. It looks like this company sells a product for this process. Yeah. And so if you have a really good webinar where you showcase the process and how it helps them do their job better without having to jam your product down your throat, they'll come to you and go, Hey, that was a really interesting webinar. I'm wondering if you guys, if we could talk a little bit about that for my product line. 
because I didn't have sales breath on me when I was doing the webinar and I just was trying to educate him and they ended up coming to me anyway. And so that to me, is, to me, it's a fascinating phenomenon how that happens, but it does work without you having to do like, you know, like a sales follow-up. Now that's a very, that can be a very long game to play, but I have seen it play out where like that inline wealth inspection webinar, which I just talked about, I had three companies reach out when I sent the follow-up deck and recording and asked to talk to us about it because I just, you know, positioned it correctly and people were responsive to it. And I ended up becoming a few opportunities from it. Something that I think is really special about this platform that frankly gets overlooked, I think, sometimes when, when companies put on webinars is the interactive component. I mean, you've got a captive audience here. It's a live event. I'm, I'm not a fan of recorded webinars. I, I think it's good to publish. I never do a recorded back. webinar. Yeah. The only, the only, only time I recommend a recorded webinar is if you're doing product training. Like, so sure. if, if you're going to do product, product training, especially like, you know, like very high level product training, like here's a maintenance schedule for how to do this. Like that's a good thing to do a recorded webinar on. But other than that, I wouldn't recommend it. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. But you know, how, how do you, you know, I've, I've also watched companies do these webinars and, and they keep the cameras off. I mean, turn your camera yeah, on, right? Totally. Like we've yeah. got webcams here. The, the, the humanization element of this is... So key. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many manufacturers I talk to that say, oh, if I could just get in the room with somebody, if I could just get in the room with, well, this is the, the next best thing, right? You've got a video camera on, they can see your face, they can hear your voice, you're a real person now, as opposed to these webinars where it's just a picture of somebody's face, or maybe not even that, it's just a deck and mm -hmm. people are staring at bullet points. I mean, turn your camera on, spend $120 and, and buy a, a, a nice webcam, it will be worth the investment. But you know, what, are, what are some other ways, Matt, that you can engage people, you know, can you bring them into the conversation? Can you, you know, as opposed to just making this about you talking at them? Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna roll into a couple of these are frameworks that I, I didn't come up with these. I'm not a, I'm not a genius when it comes to webinars. I just follow best practices and I, I know how to execute on them. Okay, so one is like you gotta is getting that camera on and starting your webinar a few minutes early. You're gonna get people sitting in the lobby and they're gonna be like twiddling their thumbs. Maybe they're checking their phone. Maybe they're on email. But like you know, get on a few minutes early and like make that your opportunity to go break some ice, you know, <laughs> like go, Hey guys, welcome to the webinar. Glad you guys are here. We're amped. I'm jazzed. We're going to get started in a few minutes. And then this is the moment in time where you immediately showcase whether you are interested in them or you're interested in yourself. And so the first thing you're supposed to do when you do these webinars is like, ask people, man, just like, Talk to them. Talk to your audience and go, hey, I want to ask each and every one of you, if you can go in the chat real quick, tell me where you're from, tell me what you make, tell me what you do. And then, you know, your people will respond. I mean, just start engaging your audience as soon as possible. And then always bring it back to like really excited to have you guys here, like da 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 da. So I mean, you engaging your audience constantly throughout the webinar is one way to get them engaged and get that interaction going. Like the magic of the webinar and we'll get into this is the Q and A and we'll get into that, I think in the, in the next question, but like start off by asking people, where are you from? What do you make? What do you do? You know, and then let that. And then when you get those responses, the, the hardest thing that I see people do, and it makes me cringe a little bit is like, they'll just read off like, like, Hey, Abby from, uh, from Greensboro, North Carolina. And it's like, okay, well, let's talk about, do you got a story when you went to North Carolina one time? Do you know that company? Do you know what they make? Or like, had you maybe, maybe someone works for Toro and you're like, Hey, I own your, Hey, I own your lawnmowers and I love it. You know, get, get relational and get personal with that intro. That's going to basically set the tone for the rest of the webinar. And again, when you do that with the camera on, 
and you're talking to people, you know, that's when you're making a face-to-face interaction. You are really, really garnering trust and people are liking you before you ever even get into showcasing how much of an expert you are, or what you do. And so that's just icing on the cake at that point. And then that also, like I said, sets up for the, the rest of the webinar. And the first, the other thing you want to do constantly throughout the webinar is encourage questions. And we'll get into that in, in the, in the next, and I think the next segment, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, get in there and get involved early on the webinar, engaging your audience and, and bring them in to engage with you. You're, you're basically setting the tone for what the webinar is going to be. Yeah, I think that's a really great tip. And, and I bet you it's one that most people don't use, frankly. Like, I, imagine if this was happening in person and everybody was filtering into a, into a big room and standing around and, and everybody was just sort of staring at the ground or, you know, you see people looking at their phones and stuff. But I mean, what an opportunity to just set the tone, like you said, right. especially as the moderator to, and people like working with real people that, that right. are, are charismatic. There's a couple, there's a couple right. other great things that yeah, come. I mean, we have one client who does this. I'm not going to name who they are, but like, like they their first slide on every one of their webinars is they describe like who they are as people and I loved that they were like I went to this college I've been married this many years I have this many kids these are my hobbies and I'm like this is a this is a wonderful thing to do because you're trying to create common commonalities with your audience and so when you break down the wall of like oh this is business to business oh this is business to consumer no 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 it's people to people okay mm-hmm. people selling to people <laughs> so yeah. b2b means boring to boring all right and that's what webinars are are too often okay so think about what you do as people to people and then all of a sudden like your marketing and your content efforts are going to be much more impactful relational and personal as a result yeah good bit there so you've hinted a couple of times at the Q and A. I feel yeah, like you're itching yeah, to talk yeah. about the Q and A. I've heard you, heard you say the magic happens in the Q and A about a hundred times over the last uh, three or four months. So let's share what that means with the audience here. Yeah, yeah. So the Q and A to me is the absolute best part of the webinar, and I, I think I think what it does is it separates contenders from pretenders because you can rehearse the best webinar slide deck ever, and you can like go, I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to say this. But you know what? Once you get to the Q and A, the gloves are off, man, because like you don't know what the audience is going to ask, and a good moderator is going to ask almost every question that gets that gets posed. I mean, I when I moderated webinars in my, in my career. I usually, unless it's a, unless it's a really, really, really tricky question or it's something that kind of gets into an ethical quandary, I, I ask almost everything that I possibly can to, to my, to my host, even if he doesn't know the answer, because it's okay to not know the answer to every question. And I, I don't think that's a problem. So the Q and A is where the magic happens. And so I would encourage anyone on this, listening to this, who wants to think about doing a webinar, get out of the slide deck as soon as humanly possible and get to the Q and A. You should really, really be trying to have a 30-minute presentation with a 30-minute Q&A. That is the perfect mix. And so going back to the beginning where you like ask people like, where are you from? What do you do? You know, what company do you work for? Also start encouraging questions immediately and go, hey man, I want to get your questions. Like, yes, we're going to have this slide deck and yeah, we're going to present on this. But what I'm really more interested in is you guys. I'm more interested in your questions and what you guys have going on and how we can maybe help walk you through it. Okay. So please don't hesitate to ask questions. If you got them, you know, drop them in, drop them in the questions panel or drop them in the chat panel. I'm going to bring, I'm going to answer as many as I can. If they're contextual to what we're doing, we're going to ask them in real time. If not, I'm going to get them at the end. And then another trick that you want to do with the Q&A, like you got to encourage questions constantly throughout. Like you can't just do it once in the beginning and then, you know, again at the end, like 
almost every five to 10 minutes, you need to be saying, hey guys, just really hope you guys are getting value out of this. Please ask your questions in the panel. We really dig your questions. We want them so bad. Please don't hesitate. Any kind of question you have that's going on that you want to know more about this presentation or what's going on in your life in terms of your job, like I want to answer that for you. So drop them. And then at the end, when you're going through the Q&A, this is where your subject matter experts look like experts, aces, because you can rehearse it as well as you can. But when you really have a subject matter expert on your webinar, who man, they really show out on the Q&A because they're trying to rehearse. It's, it's very natural for an engineer or for someone who's technical to rehearse their, their webinar slide deck. It's just human nature. We all want to look good. I'll parenthetically say, I don't rehearse my slide decks very much for Industrial Marketing Live. But <laughs> a lot of people like to do that and that's fine. But when the questions come, that's when they really have to reach way back into the deep recesses of their brain. And that's when they really demonstrate what they know because they'll, they'll bring in stories, they'll bring in examples, they'll really show their technical know-how and they're going to shine when it comes to that. If you really got someone who knows what they're talking about, they're going to shine. And so another trick to do when you do the questions, even during the Q&A, keep encouraging questions. And then I have a couple of tricks that I like to do. So when I have like a log of questions and I know people are probably, people are going to dip out of like 30, 45 in an hour. Like they just do because they have this time blocked in their head. Like I have 30 minutes to do this, I have 45 minutes or I have 60 minutes. And then you're going to notice drop off after that. That's natural. It's not a bad thing. But if you know people have questions in the queue and if they think they're going to, they're going to get their question answered, they're going to stay on. So you can go like, Roger, Rachel, Randy, I see your questions. We're going to get to them right after you guys are up next as soon as soon as we get this question answered. So just roll, just start roll calling people who ask questions and say, gotcha, 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 gotcha. That will keep them on and engaged because they're going to know their question is going to get answered and that's going to keep them on longer. And so that to me is where Q&A is just so underutilized. People try to rush through that or they try to limit it. Like, no, no, no. That's the best part of your webinar. That's where you get all the great content. That's where you get the follow-up content ideas. And that's frankly where people who are attending the webinar who may be interested in what you have to sell are vetting you in real time. Like look at people who ask multiple questions. Look at people who ask really specific questions. Look at people who bring your product into the equation in the Q&A session when you weren't even really talking about your product. Like those to me are like very strong signs that that person might be in a buying cycle and they might be vetting you in real time during your webinar. Oh man, so much good stuff you just said there. Yeah, I mean, this is your first sales call with, with some of these people and, and not, not for you to push a product, but to, to be able to start building a human relationship with specific individuals who, as Matt said, are actually vetting you. I mean, you, this is your chance to earn trust, to demonstrate how, you know, how smart you actually are by being able to answer their questions on the fly. And then, you know, something else I, I, I would think about doing is, okay, you know, I interacted with, you know, these five or 10 people asked questions on the webinar, follow up with them after and elaborate on it. You know, if, what if you've published a blog post about that topic or you've got a, a recorded video or or something like that? Like I use my content all the time. These podcasts like you're listening to right now or you know Matt's webinars for Industrial Marketing Live, his webinar series or the written blog posts. Like I am always every time I get off a sales call, I'm always thinking what did we talk about that I have published something that would be helpful to, to this person on and I think you can do the same thing in your webinar. Just you know be taking note of all that stuff cuz that that's your first touch with with a potential prospect. Now it's time to nurture them. Yeah. And I mean, for the nurture stuff, like there's a couple of different tacks you can take. And if you want to be kind of sales intensive with the webinar, that's fine. It all comes down to framing it though. So, you know, take your webinar attendee list, 
send them an additional piece of content. If you have something on source capture theme extraction, and then you have a case study that you did with a customer on source capture theme extraction, go, hey, we talked a lot about that. And, and maybe it was hard for you to picture it because, you know, we were talking about it kind of in a conceptual way. But here's like a real life example of how that got applied. And I just wanted to throw this your way in case there's something you additionally you wanted to take a look at. Then after you send them that case study, the, the probably the best thing you could do is offer a very no pressure opportunity to hop on a sales call. Usually you want to bring the person who was mod, who was paneling the webinar or the highest person up in your organization who can talk about it in an authoritative level and say, Hey, you know, usually people who attend these webinars are in this stage of their life or this stage of their life or this stage of their life in terms of theme attraction. Like they're just trying to get education out of it. They, they think they want it, but they're not really sure what they want or they're really in the market for this and, and they're, and they're trying to look to maybe take the next step. I don't know which one of these steps you're in, but if you're possibly in two or three, I would, do you think it would be a good idea if you talked with one of the panelists and our VP of engineering? about your problems. This is truly no hassle. We just want to give you value and answer any really specific questions you might have. And just let me know if you're interested in them. And that's it. I mean, just it all comes down to intent. And am I willing want do I want to help this person or not? And then once you get on the phone with them, you know, that's when you can keep the conversation going at that point. Like you you have an entryway to maintain a dialogue uh, over over the long term without you having to like have commission breath, you know? So <laughs> That to me is like one of the frameworks I would use for follow-up. The other one is you could just be really low touch and do nothing. And just if you have a webinar program that you want to run over like 12 months, which I think is a really smart idea that I think a lot of companies should consider doing because trade shows aren't coming back. And a lot of people still can't get into a lot of buildings right now. You know, just do the webinars, you know, send the the assets afterwards and then always have the low, you know, the low friction book a call with us here at the beginning. Like, hey, if you have any needs like, just reply here. It goes straight to my inbox. Or if you if you're interested in talking about this at all, no pressure. Like here, you can book time with us here anytime that you want. We'd be happy to discuss your needs more in depth. And then you know those to me are the methods by to go about it. it just kind of depends on what your appetite is. Yeah, that's great. So Matt, potentially the biggest missed opportunity with webinars from my perspective, or one of the biggest ones is their evergreen potential. Instead of running these events and then just letting them die. You should be recording them and then publishing them. And and I'm I'm a fan of not putting the published recordings behind forms because I yeah, think no. you're not going to get eyeballs on them. But can you can you tell us like how do you like to make use of a webinar after the event is actually over? I mean, that to me is one of the, the best parts of the webinars. I love it's a lot of content in a really short amount of time. Yes, there's prep and stuff, but like you're doing 30 minutes to an hour, and then you got a lot of stuff to work with, which I always find. Very attractive because I love the repurposed content. I'll concur on the gating. I mean, if you gate your webinar, unless you're a company that gets an enormous amount of traffic of people to your site, like, I mean, most people who are listening to this, their company website probably gets 500 to 2000 hits a month. That's really not a lot in the grand scheme of things. You're probably getting one to two webinar conversions a month if you're going to do something like that. And like, is, is that amount of friction worth it? Like, do you make content for it to be consumed or do you make it to acquire emails? Like that, that would kind of be my, my question to you when it, when it comes to your intent for webinars. And so in regards to the evergreen part of it, the first thing that is not included in that question that you should also be doing is transcribing. It. Okay. So spend the 125 a minute. It takes on rev. Spend the $75 to get it transcribed. Rev is going to do it much faster than you're going to pay someone 30 bucks and you pay 30 bucks an hour to do it. It's going to take them three to four hours. So it's more cost effective to do it that way. Take that transcription, 
rip and run through it. Take that transcription, you'll identify like really good audio clips and you can make videograms out of it, give it to your subject matter expert, throw it up, uh, like help them with content on LinkedIn organic to like, you know, post that kind of stuff. Or you could put it on your company page as well, company news ticker, Instagram, whatever is right for you guys. It's a one-to-one format. Use a tool like Veed, use a tool like Wave, and you can you can do the, the audiograms. The other thing that I like to do, this is a little trickier to do, is repurposing the webinar into blog posts. And so the way that you do that is in the prep. So you if you don't prep right with your webinar, you're not going to make a good blog post out of it. And so what I mean by the prep is when you're going back to generate the topic idea, this goes all the way back to like getting the questions, right? And so you get the questions that your people that your sales team is getting and you plug them into kind of being the subtopics. Well, each of those subtopics become blog posts for you. And so if you're really smart and you really structure your webinar well, you can get three blog posts out of one webinar if you do it correctly. But it's, it kind of depends on, on how you, on how you organize the topic itself. So for me, what I would like to do is I would do a webinar topic, a big, big live one, like, Beginner's Guide to Theme Attraction. And then I have three subtopics within that. And well, each of those subtopics to me, I, I very intentionally structured them so they became blog posts on the back end of it. So I took the transcription. I would take as much out of that topic as I could to make a blog post. Maybe it'd be 500 words, maybe 750. Then I'd go back through the Q&A and I would go find it, questions that related to that subtopic. And then I would fill it in even more. And then I would rewrite. And then I would just rewrite the entire thing, kind of you know work it a little bit give it to my SME, make sure it's cool with it, publish it. And so that to me is the best way you can repurpose blog uh, webinar content for yourself. And you also hit people on how they want to consume content. If they want to read it, you have it. You want to watch it, you have it. You want to listen to it. Nothing precluding you also from making your webinar into a podcast. You know, go ahead and take the audio, which you have, and just just record a little preface like, hey guys, welcome to the Fume Extraction Technology Show. Uh, we did this webinar recently with, uh, with, with, uh, with Etienne on um on fume extraction and thought it'd be really good for the podcast. So, you know, this this is a 30 minute recording of our podcast, dot da, 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 and then do. Now you just made your webinar into three different pieces of, of content that can be consumed any which way that your audience cares to. Which is to me why I like the webinar so much. It's the most repurposable piece of content out there that you can make. Great stuff. So much good stuff there. Matt, what what advice can you offer about how to get started for people who are sitting here, which hopefully is most of the audience saying, oh my gosh, I need to, I need to, like, <laughs> to be doing this differently or start doing it for the first time. Like, How do you get started? Because I think there's a lot of technology intimidation that I see from yeah, you know, yeah. people we, we advise. I'll actually go back a step. So I think the first thing you should look at for your web, if you want to do webinars, you need to take a look at your email list. Okay. Do you have an email list big enough to do webinars? Because if your list is like 200 people, you're going to get 10 people to register and three are going to attend. And then your sales team is going to go, what the heck? Why did I do a webinar for three people? And then you're going to be like this. <laughs> and then you're never going to do a webinar again. Mm-hmm. So if you're one of those companies and you're like, I don't have much of an email list, how the hell do I get started on this? My do not fret, you can still do webinars. Okay. The best thing you can do, go find another company that has a bigger email list. Maybe it's a partner of yours, maybe it's you know, maybe it's maybe it's a, a you know a sister company of some kind and joint venture. Joint venture the webinar with them. Maybe they have a bigger email list and go, hey, I want to do the webinar with you guys. I'll do all the work. I will pay for the platform. I will do the slide deck. I will, you know, do all the email stuff for you. I, all you guys have to do is just send an email to your list and show up you know, do all the work for them. And then all you want is that email list, right? 
So joint venture with bigger other companies who have bigger lists that can help get you in. And then that's a good way to get started with with uh, with the webinar with the webinar program. If Let me have, build one thing on that on that Matt. You know, I think yeah. the because I love that idea of the joint joint webinar. You know, not only are you utilizing their email list, but you know, in those cases, you're also leveraging the the brand equity and logo oh, yeah. right, of those companies. Like I, I can think of literally in the last week, I have talked to two of our clients. One of them may may partner on a webinar with Rockwell Automation. Another one is maybe going to partner with Fanuc, and and because they've got you know one individual in those companies in in sales that would come in, and now you've got you know you've got those logos that are associated with your brand and and potentially tapping into their contacts as well. That's just so powerful. Yeah, and it's smart. I mean, it's super smart. We we did one recently with one of our clients, and we partnered with uh, with a client who actually reached out to us for because of our webinars and wanted a joint venture. And we were like, "Yeah, I'm happy to do that." And they brought, you know, uh, they brought like a 50% lift in registrants. Perfect. So yeah, joint venture webinars work. It's a great way to get started if you don't have much of a list. If you do have a list and you have all that stuff. The best way to get started is to really start looking at what you have subject matter expertise in and what you guys do well and can speak to authoritatively. Have a point of view. Also, point of view is such an underrated aspect. Like you need to have like a point of view on why on on this process. Like you should be objective enough to cover all aspects of it, of that topic. But also, you know, don't be afraid to bring your POV into it because people ultimately will have a feeling one way or the other. So you can either repulse them, not a bad thing, or you can have them going, yeah. And like, that's not a bad thing either. And so, you know, bring your point of view in. The other thing is to just like, think about webinars as something programmatic. And what I mean by that is like, look at it as something where you want to do, try to figure out how you're going to do five, six, seven, eight of these, not do one and then wait three months to do the next one. Like webinars are like any piece of content. It's like podcasting or like blogging or like LinkedIn organic. It all comes down to momentum. And so you need to give yourself a chance to have momentum with your webinar program. Otherwise, you're going to, you're going to just constantly be puttering out and not being able to go capture that momentum again. And so another thing I would, I would keep in mind. The other thing is I would experiment with formats. And so personally, I do a webinar every Tuesday night and there's no slide deck. It's just me and a group of people. And it's Chris Walker, who's one of my, idols in marketing. And he's just holding court, doing and ask me anything. He's got like three topics and he talks through the whole dang thing. And then, you know, surfs like me show up and ask questions and, <laughs> and he answers them and it's brilliant. Like it's, and like everyone thinks he's the best guy in marketing because of that. Right. And so if you really got someone who knows your topic like that, you should not be afraid to experiment with that kind of fireside chat um, thing I did a we do a modified version of that with one of our customer one of our one of our clients and it works really really well because they have really good rapport they play off of each other they're in the room like sitting next to each other talking and then you know they had to have the slide deck as well but like experiment with formats and then the other thing is just like you know commit to it like I can I can safely tell you the first webinar I ever did I got 30 registrants and I got 15 people attend or 20 people attend. And I was disappointed in it. And I was like, man, I don't know if this works. I also will say it was a very sales intent webinar. Then I started to think about webinars a little differently. I started to get more, I started to get more process oriented. I started to try to take the product out of it. And I frankly just committed to it a little bit more. And all of a sudden I went from like, you know, 30 registrants to 60. And I went from 60 to 80 and 80 to 120. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, you know, people are into this. And the thing is like, I was getting 50 to 60% attendance rate throughout it pretty consistently. And I'm like, 
there's something here. And so I would say, give it, give yourself some grace and give your program some patience. And you're going to figure out the formula that works if you're consistent about it. Because I didn't have it figured out the first two or three times I did a webinar. But once I did it the fourth, fifth, and sixth time, I started to notice what people were responsive, were responding to. And that ultimately gave me a lot of clarity into what pro- what would work and what wouldn't work and had a lot more success webinar to webinar as a result. Great advice. Anything you'd add to the conversation, Matt, that we haven't talked about or any parting advice? I'm an enormous fan of webinars. I think it's very well documented. In terms of technology, there's three that I would consider. Zoom, GoToWebinar, and then Demio. A Demio I've not used before, but I, I know the person who runs marketing for Demio and she's uh, she was in the manufacturing space before. It's a great product. I know people who do a lot more webinars than I do rave about it. So I wouldn't discount Demio. I know I know Zoom and GoToWebinar are the dominant ones, but you know, look at that one. Tech, the technology is not, it's, it's, it's really not that intimidating. If you can run a virtual meeting, you could run a webinar. It's really not that much of a, really not that big of a leap. Promotion also, I think is another key. Think about promotion. You know, don't just put a webinar up and throw it on your homepage and hope people will come. Have a plan for just for getting that out into your audience. If you want to put a little pay budget behind it, that's okay. Always, 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 always have an email blast plan for the day before. Always. You're going to get almost 30, you'll get anywhere from 25 to 50% of your registrants the day before. It just always happens that way. I've, my, my recipe that I found is two, what, two emails work really well for me. Three can sometimes work. There's another, like, there's a couple small hacks you can do. Like, let's say you want to get on the webinar and it's like 15 minutes before it starts. And you want to, like, you can send like an email to like your list and go, hey, the lobby's open for the webinar. And then anyone who like does anything to do, you may end up getting a lift from that. And so, like experiment with promotional tactics to see how you can get more people in there and drum up more interest. So, but definitely have a plan for promoting the webinar. Don't think that you can simply throw it on your company's social media page and nothing, and uh, and it's going to work. Like get your other teammates participating in it, put it in your email signature when you guys have one going on, put the paid promotion behind it, have an email distribution strategy. So definitely promotion cannot be overstated. Like definitely think long and hard about it. Great tips. Lots of good nuggets there. Well, Matt, this was fun, man. I, I mean, I, I'm a huge advocate of, of webinars as well. We're, we're helping our clients figure it out. You're leading the charge on that front, which has been really exciting. So thanks for sharing your wisdom today. Cool. I appreciate it. Anyone has any questions they want to ask me or just or think I don't know what I'm talking about, please reach out. <laughs> I would be happy to just, you know, just talk shop with you. But yeah, anyone who has any questions about webinars, I mean, y'all know me on LinkedIn. My, my DMs are always open. And yeah, hope you all got some value out of this. You know, webinars to me are still very elastic and and to me still have staying power until I see some until I see a better content format out there. That's great. So Matt has mentioned it I think a couple of times here in, in passing throughout the podcast today, but he's got a show, Industrial Marketing Live, which is sort of under the Gorilla 76 umbrella, our company. And what we're doing every three weeks at this point, Matt, right? Every three weeks. Yeah. Three the schedule has been moving a lot, but uh, yep. I, am, I am trying to stay every three weeks. I have uh, Khalid, uh, Khalid Saleh on to talk conversion rate optimization and heat maps for my next one. And then I got uh, other ones in the works as well. So I hope you guys join me for that. It's a super tactical session mm-hmm. every time. And, and really, we try to really get down into content and some other parts as well. That's great. So we'll we'll drop a link to that registration page into the show notes. You can check that out there. Matt, what else what else you want this crowd to know about you and where where they can get in touch with you and you've got a podcast of your own which is phenomenal. I'd love for you to yeah, give yeah. that a little plug here too. 
For sure. So you can find me on LinkedIn. That's the easiest way to find me. You can find me on Twitter also. I'm at Matt underscore Chanella, I believe, uh, S-C-I-A-N-N-E-L-L-A. And then, yeah, my my podcast, The Industrial Marketing Show. We're having so much fun on that show. So please, please join MJ and myself. We switched our format up. We're having a lot of fun. We are talking with leaders in the marketing, the industrial marketing community. I We have Henry Peck from Johnson & Johnson on our latest episode. Everyone's heard of Johnson & Johnson, right? You want to hear what Henry Peck is doing on Clubhouse? You know, Henry Peck is uh, was a great guest. We got others lined up. I mean, we're just having a lot of fun. I'm almost, it's hard to believe, but almost going to be a year since I started that webinar and or sorry, started that podcast. And that podcast has just paid for itself in spades. I just can't, I can't tell you how, how much that thing has changed the trajectory of my life, let alone been a great content project for me. Well, I met you as a, being a guest on your podcast. That's and correct. Then, you were the third, I think you were the third guest yeah, on the show. Yeah. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's a really powerful platform. I mean, we, we, we got a different topic today, so we won't, we won't start getting into podcasts, but, uh, but anyway, so yeah, Matt, this was awesome. Thanks again for taking the time to do this. I know firsthand how busy you are because we work together. And, uh, so thanks for taking the time out of your day to, to do this here. So for sure, man, thank you all so much for listening. As for the rest of you, I hope to catch you on the next episode of the manufacturing executive. You've been listening to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to learn more about industrial marketing and sales strategy, you'll find an ever-expanding collection of articles, videos, guides, and tools specifically for B2B manufacturers at gorilla76.com slash learn. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.